Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. So we are uh, finishing up the Words, Life or Death series, and the title of tonight's lesson is Receiving the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit. Remember, last week was pure, the pure language, receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, and let me give a, some scriptures out. And uh, we have not a whole lot of readers tonight, so the, your, the typical readers will, <coughs> excuse me, will uh, have to do double and triple duty. So let's see. Uh, Mary, can you get Romans 6, verse 3? And Yolanda, Galatians 3.27. And Vanessa, John 14, verse 16 through 18. John 14, verse 16 through 18. And uh, uh, Mary, can you get John 16.7? And Yolanda, can you get Colossians 1.27? Colossians 1.27. And Vanessa, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And then I'll probably have to give you some more. Not probably, I will, unless there's some more coming in. Okay, receiving the Holy Spirit. Now remember our, our uh, kind of our series uh, verse is Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. So when we talk about the, you know, the King James calls it the Holy Ghost. Some people, when they hear the word ghost, you know, I don't know if they're thinking about Casper or they're thinking about something else and maybe it scares them. Uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, it's the same, they're interchangeable terms there is no difference they both refer to the spirit of god that was poured out and was uh, available for anybody to receive almost two thousand years ago it was prophesied by joel in his in his uh, 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 prophetic book in chapter two and then it was fulfilled on the day of pentecost and uh, peter when he preached he he referred back to joel saying this is that which was spoken of by the prophet joel so the Bible says, uh, when it talks about this experience, it said they received the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, it called the Holy Spirit a promise, uh, specifically the promise of the Father. Jesus himself, uh, uh, before he sent it up into heaven in Acts chapter 1, he said, go and uh, you know, wait in Jerusalem until... Uh, and you're going to receive the promise of the Father uh, that uh, you, you know that I spoke to you about. Um, so they received it. They were filled with it. They were baptized with it. It's called the promise of the Father. It's also called a gift. Acts two thirty eight said uh, that after you repent and are baptized, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Three other places in the Book of Acts talk about it as being a gift. Amen. So that's. That's important. Uh, when we uh, get a little further, um, we're going to talk about that. 
so the, the thing that I want to mention is all of these terms are talking about the same experience. So uh, those that receive the Holy Spirit is not different than those that were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not different than those that were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Remember, you know, remember uh, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelaces. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And so uh, all of these are talking about the same experience. So we're going to talk, uh, cover five points tonight. So point number one is water baptism versus spirit baptism. Water baptism versus spirit baptisms because they're both baptisms. Uh, and the word baptism means to be completely submerged, covered uh, with. So whether it's water or the spirit, it's, it's a submersion, so to speak. Um, now, water baptism, there's a difference. It puts us in Christ. And spirit baptism uh, puts Christ in us. So there's a, there's a difference. Uh, let's talk about water baptism just to, just to do a contrast. Uh, read Romans 6, verse 3. So uh, as many as us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. So notice we're baptized into Christ. Talking about water baptism, identifying with his death, his burial. Uh, read Galatians 3.27. So when we're baptized into Christ, we put, we're, we put on Christ. So there again, we're baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. So we identify with his death and burial, and it puts us, uh, you know, in Christ. It puts us in his name, too. When we take on the name of Jesus in water baptism, it puts us in his name, too. Now, the spirit baptism is, is a baptism, but uh, it puts Christ in us. So there's the difference. Read uh, John 14, verse 14 through 18. All right, so, so Jesus was with them. He was kind of like their comforter right then, right? He, he was with them in flesh and blood. He was God manifest in the flesh, and, you know, he taught them he was a comfort to them they could go to him they saw his miracles and um, you know all of that was great and but he was talking he was telling them you know that he's going to go away uh, but he said I'm not going to leave you comfortless I'm not going to leave you without you know it's not going to be the same as it was when I was here but you're going to he goes I'm going to pray the father and he's going to send you another comforter in other words it was going to be a different type because it's going to be a spiritual comforter that was going to live inside but it wasn't really different it was still going to be christ in us because notice he said he calls this comforter the spirit of truth the world can't receive it he said but you know him he was the world doesn't know this this comforter that i'm going to send but you know him and like really for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you well jesus was dwelling with them and he's going to be he was going to be in them he, notice he said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So, when he, so he's talking about this comforter, and it seems like something else, uh, but it was really, it's him in spirit form is basically, because, you know, and that word comfortless means orphans. He goes, I will not leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you out there without any, like, a fatherly figure or comfort from, uh, from above. I will come to you. And then notice this, this next verse really tells the whole story about this too. Read John 16, verse 7. So he said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I, 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 uh, I need to go away 
um, at some point uh, because the comforter won't come until I go. Now, that's funny. Why is that? If it's two separate things, it says, "Because if I, but if I depart, I will send them unto you. So it, it, it's, you know, Jesus, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is really uh, Christ in us in a spiritual form. Read uh, Colossians 1, 27. All right, so Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's, that's when, we're, when we're filled, when we receive, when we're baptized, the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit is Christ in us. You know, that it was, it's the riches of His glory. So the next point is, why do I need to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, the, the first reason, there's many reasons, and I'm not going to cover them all but, uh, for time's sake, but I'm going to cover three or four. Um, the, the one reason is so I can be baptized into the body of Christ, the church. Because uh, really the kingdom of God, when you read about the kingdom of God in the Bible, it, it can refer to heaven, but it can also refer to the kingdom of God on earth. We've got to get into this kingdom before we're going to go to that kingdom. And uh, that's why, you know, we've got to be baptized into the body. We don't just join a church. I know you can join a church and you can, you know, be a part. and You can be an official member and all that kind of stuff. But really, we don't join the body of Christ. We are baptized into it. We're born into it. Amen. Read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. So one spirit baptizes us into one body. So we, 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 we can, uh, we're all made to drink of that one spirit. Okay, so let me give a few more scriptures out. I'll give you each a couple more. Um, Mary, John 3, verse 5. John 3, verse 5. Yolanda, Romans 8, 9, and then verse 11. And we're going to have a little pause in between those two verses. So Romans chapter 8, verse 9, and then Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And then Vanessa, Mark 16, 17. Mark 16, 17. And Mary, John 7, 38 and 39. John 7, 38 and 39. Yolanda, Acts 19, 2. Acts 19, 2. And Vanessa, John 20. 22 John 2022 20, Amen So uh, the another reason why I need to uh, receive the Holy Spirit is so I can be born again of the Spirit and enter into the kingdom of God which is his body the church that we just talked about read John 3 verse 5 So we just talked about water baptism and spirit baptism that's the the, the new birth but he said, notice, except the man be born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's talking about the church, first of all, the body of Christ, and then, of course, heaven. Amen. Because um, so, remember, Jesus said in that same chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Um, now, the next reason is uh, why I need to receive the Holy Spirit is so I can belong to him. Right? I want to belong to him. Amen. Read Romans 8, verse 9. Amen. So notice the Spirit uh, of God and the Spirit of Christ is, are interchangeable in this verse. He said, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Is he talking about two spirits inside of us? Nope. He's talking about one Spirit 
that, that's referred to as the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ. This is a, another proof text that Christ is the Holy Spirit inside of us. Amen. In spirit form. Uh, the, the next reason uh, is so that we will be ready when the trumpet sounds and the rapture or the catching away of the church takes place. Amen. That's another reason why I need to receive because the Spirit of God inside my, in my life and my heart, it's going to help me change when that time comes, defy gravity and fly away. Read Romans 8, verse 11. So if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's, the, that's what we want. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. So, And the list goes on. We can just keep going. So the next point is, when do we receive the Holy Ghost? In other words, at what point in our experience with God do we receive the Holy Ghost? Because right, remember, the, the beginning of our experience with God is first we... We believe, right? We, we, I believe there's a God. And I want to look into this. You know, the very early stages of like when I first am interested in God or whatever. That's, and, then, and then after I believe, of course, faith is right in there with it. Uh, and then I repent. I ask God to forgive me. I ask him to, you know, help me and to guide me. And, and uh, you know, we're we just starting off. But at what point? Do we receive the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost? Amen. Read Mark 16, verse 17. All right. So there's signs that follow believing. Follow believing. So it's after believing. Read John 7, verse 38 and 39. All right. So he, he said, he, you know, if, if you believe on me as a scripture has said, you're going to, out of your belly, rivers of living water, metaphorically speaking, and this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So this, this experience comes after believing. And then he said, he said the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. There's another proof text that unless I go away, the Comforter won't come. Amen. Read Acts 19, verse 2. Amen. So here's Paul finding some disciples of John the Baptist. And remember, John the Baptist taught his disciples Hey, there's somebody coming after me, the Messiah, the Christ. He's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. So they knew about the Holy Ghost, but what the, I think these guys were, uh, their response to Paul was, we didn't, we didn't know the Holy Ghost was here yet. We didn't know, you know, maybe they were, you know, kind of uh, detached from the situation. But notice he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? So receiving the Holy Spirit comes after belief. Um, so... It's an experience separate and distinct from belief and repentance. Now, it can happen, uh, you know, simultaneously, um, but it, it's not automatically going to happen simultaneously. Amen. You're going to know when you receive the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about it. Read John 20, verse 22. All right, so here's Jesus. This is at the end of all the Gospels and the end of the Gospel of John. And Jesus, after his resurrection, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. But, folks, they didn't receive it then. 
That was that. So that was he. That was a symbolic, and you know, he was he was basically saying, he goes, you need to, you need, you guys are going to need to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, if anybody were believers, the twelve apostles, and of course Judas wasn't around, but the eleven that were left, they were believers. You know, they were three and a half years taught by him and under his tutelage, and he he sh he showed them everything. Amen. But they had not received the Holy Spirit yet. He said he was breathed on them prophetically and said, you need to go receive it. Because we know that it wasn't until after his uh, ascension up into heaven, and after he ascended up into heaven, it was anywhere from 7 to 10 days when we get to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost takes place, and then that's when they got the Holy Ghost. Okay? So just showing you that there, it's a distinct, different experience from just your, our initial belief. Okay, let me give some more. Hopefully this will be the last round, <laughs> I think. Uh, Mary, Acts 8, 15 through 17. Acts 8, 15 through 17. And Yolanda. Oh, this is our last, our last passage. Yolanda, James 3, verse 6, and skip to verse 8. And I'll read both of those together. Or have you read both together? James chapter 3, verse 6, and skip to verse 8. Amen. So read uh, Acts 8, 15 through 17. Okay, so this is the Samaritan revival. <coughs> um, and uh, people were believing. People were being baptized in the Samaritan revival. It was like doing great. But nobody was getting the Holy Ghost. But they believed, and they were baptized. And so uh, they called for reinforcements from headquarters, so to speak. And they said, hey, <coughs> excuse me, hey, we need Peter and John to come over here. You know, some of the big shots. So Peter and John came to this great place of revival. And the Bible said that the, the Holy Ghost had not fallen on any of them. But they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So see, it's a distinct, different, uh, it's, it's part of believing, but it's a, a distinct uh, uh, experience uh, from believing. Uh, now, in my own experience, just kind of reflect a little bit, uh, I received the Holy Spirit on September 6th. 1982. I remember it like I, I can tell you the date, uh, which I just did. And uh, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was at I, the church I was at. I can tell you where I was in the church. I was on the right side. So facing this way, I would have been down here. And th that was when they had altars, standalone altars down in the middle of the floor. So like we have an altar connected to our platform. They just had steps coming down, and then they had these old-fashioned wood altars on both sides, and it was at that altar on that side I received the Holy Ghost. And it wasn't even on a Sunday. It was on a Monday night. I'll never forget it. And I had been seeking the Holy Ghost for a while, and I wasn't, I wasn't receiving it. I didn't know what was going on. And then they had a back-to-school rally because it was September, and so they had a back-to-school rally, and it was a youth rally, and a visiting minister and I received it that night, and it wasn't and not on a regular service night. It was so funny how it all worked. So my point is, you'll know when you receive the Holy Ghost.
Nobody will have to tell you. Now, when I first started um, living for, you know, like believing and, uh, you know, knowing that I needed to find God, um, I started looking everywhere and I, you know, I'd, I'd even be watching TV and then they had like the, you know, the religious channel on. I don't know if it was TBN back then in 1982 or not, you know, whatever. It would have been 81 at that time, actually, when I first started. And, you know, they would... Uh, I would watch the program, and then they'd say, okay, now if you want to, you know, accept, bring the Lord into your heart or whatever, pray this prayer with us, and then call this number on the bottom of your screen and tell us all about it. So I would, I would like, be all excited the first time I saw that and, because I knew, okay, this is what I want, and I prayed that prayer, and I called the number, and they said, you know, welcome, brother, and all this kind of stuff, and I'm just like, um, uh, am I supposed to feel something or is there something i mean i just don't you know no no you just say you, did you follow that prayer i go yeah but i just didn't feel nothing and, and it, it seems like no you got to take a lot by faith and all that stuff and i'm like okay and i hung up and and then i was watching it like a couple days later and i said the prayer again and i called again and i go you know i'm not feeling anything here and it seems like you know you're reading the bible and it looks pretty exciting and i don't know i, I think i called him three times over a couple weeks period you know, and uh, and I just, they're probably going, hey, this guy, I don't know about this guy or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, it was, you know, so the thing that I'm trying to tell us is, is don't let anybody tell you you automatically receive it when you first believe or ask the Lord or pray a prayer or anything. You can. It, it can happen like that. But it, it comes after believing. But it's a distinct experience that you will not forget. Amen. So, so uh, you know, how do I know? I kept saying, how do I know? How do I know? Well, you don't need to know, you know. Just, I'm telling you, you, you know. And the guy was trying to convince me, and I'm like, I don't know. So I, I didn't stop searching because I'm like, I feel like I, there's something else here. So, that, so, you know, sorry, that answer wasn't good enough for me 37 years ago, and it's not good enough for me today. You know, I, I believe there's, there's power in, when we receive the Spirit. All right, so uh, point number four is how do I receive the Holy Spirit? So we're going to kind of go through a, just a few of the mechanics, or whatever. So number one is faith. I got to have faith. I got to believe, you know. Remember what, what Peter preached that first sermon and on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And after he told them what they need to do to be saved, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Uh, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Acts 2.38. And then he said, for this promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that is verse 39. And, and then they, you know, uh, they, it goes on to say there was 3,000 souls that were added to the church after that first day of the Spirit being poured out and the first sermon. Amen. So, uh, so the promise is to you and your children. So the promise of the Father, the gift of the Spirit, amen. So it, it, we have to have faith and believe that that's for me. It's not just for that person. It's not just for that person. It's for every single person, amen. And then after I have faith, I, I have to repent because God's not going to give the Spirit to somebody that hasn't repented. Repentance is asking God to forgive us of, you know, our past sins, you know, we don't remember all, especially if we 
come to God later in life. You know, I'm not supposed to remember what I, you know, that I stole that piece of candy when I was, you know, eight years old from the little store or something. And, uh, but, you know, you just say, God, yeah, I put it, you just put, just put it all on the, on, on the table for him. Amen. I repent. So repentance is not only asking for forgiveness, but it's also a change of direction. I start, you know, on my own. Of course, I need God's help, obviously. Can't do it without him. Uh, but I, on my own, I try to start changing my, my direction, showing him in good faith that I'm, I want to, I need your spirit to help me. Amen. Uh, and then we can talk about water baptism, but it's not absolutely necessary to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't, even though Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's kind of the order, uh, and, and it's kind of what the gospel order is, death, burial, resurrection, repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Uh, that's, that's good, but it, you don't have to do that, because if we go to Acts chapter 10, uh, you know, and you, re- and you read there, you read that uh, Peter, when he was preaching to Cornelius' folk, uh, family, uh, that they uh, didn't get baptized. They were just hearing it for the first time. It was during an actual sermon. It wasn't even the altar call. And the Holy Ghost fell on that group, and they all began to speak in other tongues. And then when Peter, you know, and those that came with him were amazed, like, like wow, God wants to save the non-Jews too. And he gave them the same gift that we have. Why? Because we hear him speaking in tongues. And then Peter said this, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So that tells me that repentance has to be first regardless, but water baptism can come before or after. We still have to, we still have to obey the gospel of death, burial, burial, and resurrection. And another thing is, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Uh, I say this, and you might think, oh, this, that's interesting. Be comfortable. You know, when you're seeking the Holy Spirit, you, you don't want to be, like, uptight and tense. I remember praying with a gentleman years ago. He came down to the altar, and every time he would come down, and his, his, his wife was saved, and his kids, you know, were saved, but, you know, he was kind of like a stubborn guy, and he started coming to church. He would come down. And he'd lift, we'd try to get him to lift his hands up and reach up toward heaven. And he'd have his fists clenched tight like they were like white knuckling, you know. And he'd get like that. And I'd try, I'd try to like grab his fists. I'd tell him, hey, loosen those up. You know, you, you got you to gotta become, you got to, you know, you open them up and you're, you know, because you're closing it down, you know, and you're all tensing out. And so you got to be comfortable. You have to, you know, just, you know, kind of re- relax. I'm not saying not be passionate and not worship God because it comes in worship. Amen. And that's the next thing. Praise and thanksgiving. You know, remember, it's a promise. So I'm thanking him for the promise in advance. That's faith. And remember, it's a gift. And so what do you do? Like if someone like says, you know, here, I'm going to give you a gift. You don't beg somebody, you know, when, you know. So we don't beg God when we're receiving, asking Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. You know, we just reach out and receive the gift. Amen. It'd be like, you know, me, you know, uh, handing uh, Midge a gift or whatever and and saying, Here, here's a gift for you. And she goes, please give me that gift. Please give me that gift. And I'm like, here's the gift. Please give me that gift. No, you, you just reach out and grab it. I know that's very simplified, but, you know, because some people... 
you know, it's just a matter of faith, and you just got to cross over, and, and you receive that spirit, and, and it's powerful, it's wonderful. Because remember, the first thing that happened when they received the spirit is God changed their language, right? In Acts chapter 2, they changed, you know, and that's the thing. Our, you know, our, our, our tongue, the power of the tongue, life and death, and so he's starting to put life in there right off the bat. Life, life, life. And remember, it comes from our heart. Amen. So he starts in the heart and it comes out. So uh, at praise and thanksgiving, we, you know, it comes in praise. Remember, he inhabits the praise of his people. So, you know, we praise him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank him. And, you know, we're comfortable and we have faith in him that the gift and the promises for me. And then a willingness to yield oneself completely to God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, which would include your speech, your tongue, and your words. Amen. And then this is the, this is the hard one, patience. Because sometimes it doesn't happen the first time you ask Him for, the first time you seek Him. Uh, back to my own experience, my whole family, we all came into the church at the same time. Of course, my little brother, it was only, little Brian, he was only seven, uh, you know, 37 years ago. Um, and so he was kind of young to understand what was going on. But my, my uh, two other brothers and my mom, we came into the church. Amen. And we all, were, we all got baptized and, and uh, going to church and all this kind of stuff. And one by one, they all started getting the Holy Spirit and I didn't get it yet. You know, and I'm just going, hey, what's going on here? Amen. And, uh, and I was seeking it, you know, for, you know, good, good for a good two weeks, you know, every, and we had a revival going on back then when you had like a visiting evangelist, uh, we had, cause we had normally had our service on Wednesday nights instead of Thursdays. And then we had Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then we had a youth service on Friday. Well, when the revival was in town, it was Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then you just had Monday and Tuesday off. And then the old timers that were in the church at that time said, yeah, you guys are all getting soft. We went seven days a week back in our day. And I'm like, hey, you know, well, we still got to work and all this. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Wednesday through sun, twice on Sunday. So, so we were in revival with an evangelist for, for these two weeks that, that – that my family we just happened to start going to this church. Amen. So we were like Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then we started up again next Wednesday. And I was up at the altar praying, God, I thank you, Jesus. And, and everyone's getting the Holy Ghost but me. And about two weeks later, I got it on a Monday night. But I, when I, I said all that to say we got to have patience. We said, well, maybe it's not for me. You know, you play, your, your mind plays tricks on you. Maybe it's not for me. No, no, the promise is to you. You just keep after it. Amen. And so the last point today is, tonight is, what is the biblical indicator, sign, or evidence that a person has received the Holy Spirit? Is it a big smile? Eh, maybe. Uh, uh, but that's kind of, not really. Is it a certain feeling? You know? Man, I feel like uh, warm water all over me. Or I feel like, you know, somebody plugged me into 220. Well, I don't necessarily want to be plugged into 220 because that could be, you know, bad. You know, usually don't make it. Um, or, you know, I just feel like uh, I'm on fire or something like that. It's like, okay, you know. So those are kind of 
very subjective. Those, those, you know, there's all kinds of. So we need something that's objective, that's consistent. And you know, the Bible said, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when we receive the Holy Spirit in our heart and soul, our mouth will proclaim it. So our mouth and our tongue is our chief means of expression and communication, right? I mean, I know some people talk with their hands, you know, if they're from certain cultures or whatever, but you're still talking, your mouth's going when you're talking, you know, whatever, you know. But remember, James told us that the tongue is the most unruly member of our body. So when we talk about yielding ourselves to God, you know, we're yielding everything, even our speech. And our last verse tonight is James chapter 3, verse 6, and then skip to 8. All right, so remember, you know, when, earlier in this series, we, we did a lot of uh, searching in James 3. So the tongue's a fire, world of iniquity. It's, a, it's among our members that defile the whole body, set up on fire the course of nature, set on fire of hell. And, you know, no man can tame the tongue, but God can. And it's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So it's a universal sign, you know, regardless of where a person is from, you know, uh, whether they're from some other country or whatever, or, you know, it, it doesn't matter that the tongue is, you know, everybody, you know, in this world, their chief means of expression is through is speaking. So there is a consistent indicator, a sign or evidence in the Bible to let us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that a person has actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to give these references out. We're not going to read them. Um, but if, if you want to write these down, um, uh, this, and this, this universal indicator, this sign, this evidence is, is found in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark 16, 17. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Acts 10, 44 through 47. Acts 19, 1 through 6. And 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Amen. And of course, uh, we're talking about speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.